Welcome to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Today we're going to answer the question, the age-old question I'm sure, is fasting for freaks? You know, why are we talking about this? Who thinks fasting is a good idea? Apparently Jesus does. What? Uh, But do we want to get carried away like that? Isn't that something only religious freaks do? It's true. It gets into the weird category. Yeah, so why on earth would we put this into our podcast if it's going to freak people out and make them not want to do it? Because I think that fasting is actually really, really important. It is really important. And you know, we just want to tackle everything on this podcast. We don't want to shy away from ideas. We don't especially even want people to be like agreeing with us as much as we want to be having a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I'm really passionate about just allowing people to have space of rumbling with maybe misconceptions about things. Exactly. Because I've grown up and a lot of things I assumed I knew what they were. Yeah. And then recognizing, man, I have a lot of ideas that aren't accurate. And I think fasting is one of those things. There is a lot of misconceptions and a lot of lies and a lot of confusion about why do we fast? What is the point? What is going on here? And that really is our goal in this podcast in so many ways is to tackle thoughts and ideas that might be slightly skewed that are actually preventing people from this awesome adventure of going further up and further in. I kind of chuckle when you say, I grew up with all these ideas and I, I, I now as a parent, I'm wondering how many of the ideas that I kind of caught were never what anybody intended. Because mm. I'm constantly laughing when my kids come to me and say, but you said this. And I was like, there's no way I ever said that. Yeah. But somehow that is like, I wouldn't have said it because I don't think that's true. But somehow, you know, we assimilate man, we assimilate so many thoughts and ideas. So yes, let's talk about this fun topic of fasting. Mm-hmm. So I, my sister does some intermittent fasting sometimes. Which is now the newest rage apparently with the whole keto yeah. diet that's coming out that fasting is good for your body. Yeah. So it is good for your body. We know this, but that doesn't necessarily make it an event where you encounter God because fasting without some spiritual discipline is actually just a really miserable, rotten diet. It's true. <laughs> so I have a love-hate relationship with fasting. I did grow up with some exposure to fasting. I think my earliest memory of fasting is, so I have a brother who was adopted with fetal alcohol effect. And when uh, the seventies, there was no training or education around this. Uh, there was no special skills or support. You were just supposed to treat your child like you treated your other children and they would grow up fine. And of course, that's not true. Stuff was significantly damaged by chemical exposure and needed special support. But we didn't know anything about that. And I remember one time my parents fasting and praying. And what I understood, at least in my child brain, is that if they fasted and prayed, it was sort of like a hunger strike. Mm. And then God would know how serious they were about what they were asking for. And he would do it. And then, you know, maybe at the end of this three days, my brother would magically be able to manage his emotions better. And that didn't happen. So not a great lesson on what is fasting. And I sure don't think it's what my parents were trying to tell me was happening, but that's how I understood it. Yeah, we see it. And I mean, from a child brain, us just like not doing something as a way to force our parents to like kids do that all the time. Like (laughs) I'm going to, I'm not putting my clothes on. I will sit here naked until you give in. Right. So I can see how in that child brain Mm -hmm. that it would be very similar. I'm not going to eat and going to force you to do what I want you to do. Yeah. So we're here today to tell our listeners 
fasting is not a hunger strike. It's not a way to earn what you want. It's not a way to bend the will of God. It's not a way to convince God to pay attention to you. That is not what fasting is for. So what is fasting for? What is fasting for? I'm going to tell you and my listeners that I have this love-hate relationship with fasting, like I said, because I suck at it. I don't like fasting, but it's actually not supposed to be fun. Yeah, because if it was fun, it'd be... (laughs) Whatever. Nothing. It is a nothing. So I mean, when I say that, I think of some of my friends who seem to fast really well. They just get like super excited about it. So a really true, strict, traditional fast would be no food, only water, creating space for you to focus on God in worship and in prayer. But I have developed a love for a certain kind of fasting or at least an ability to do it. And that's Daniel fasting, which is in my words, and please don't take this as somebody else's thoughts or ideas. It's mine. I call it baby fasting. (laughs) And this is why. You don't have to go totally without food. It comes from Daniel, the book of Daniel. Most people know Daniel because of the lion's den, but he actually has more cool stuff going on besides apocalyptic visions. He does this fast for three weeks where he does nothing but drink water and eat vegetables. In scripture, it says he does he eats no pleasant food. Right there. Yep, <laughs> right there. So for me, when I do this, and Lord knows if you look it up on the internet, everybody's got their rules, which cracks me up because it just takes it into a whole nother level of legalism, and I'm not into that. I know what is pleasant food for me. And that word in the scripture is pleasant, desirable, and delightful. So I eliminate, I actually like salads, but so it's not that hard for me, but I eliminate all the stuff that I know is comfort food. So obviously no meat because that's what Daniel did. I don't eat bread, even though you could argue it came from a plant because wheat is a plant. I don't drink coffee, it comes from a bean, but that is my go-to comfort stuff, right? So really water and strict vegetables. My son says he would rather go without any food than eat. The platefuls of vegetables that I come up with when I do this. And I've done it for 21 days before, uh, several times. And uh, in the book of Daniel, when he talks about what happens when he did this fast, he was lamenting the bondage of his people. They were in captivity and he was praying and worshiping and crying out to God for something to change, for restoration to come. So there is an element of lamenting, mourning, longing that comes into our prayer in a time of fasting. Well, we all have things that we're longing to see God speak into. So Mm -hmm. I think fasting can be a really important element of that. It's all through scripture and Jesus himself Mm -hmm. fasted, like you said. But when Daniel fasts, this really cool thing happens. And I love this. It never loses its charm for me. It says in Daniel 10 verse 10, he's fasting all of this, no pleasant foods, no meat, no wine. He doesn't even use fragrant lotions. Well, I wear deodorant when I do this, just in case anyone's wondering. And he's standing by the river and all of the sudden he sees what he thought was a man dressed in this beautiful radiant clothes. And the other people who were with him never saw this Mm. figure, but they freaked out and they ran. This always makes me laugh. I like just kind of digging into the humanity of scripture. So Daniel's standing there by the river. He sees something nobody else sees. Everybody else freaks out and runs. Mm. Like, what did they think? They got spooked? Kind of funny. Anyway, this, this one who seems like a man, it's actually an angel, says to him, Daniel, you are very precious to God. Man, I'd love an angel to come and tell me, Michelle, you're really precious to God. And he says, listen to carefully what I have to say to you. And for me, fasting is so much about this. As I set aside things that are my go-to comforts, I instead seek an encounter with God. And every time I do this, I experience a greater awareness of his presence. Is his presence always there? Did God always think Daniel was precious? Yeah, but by this fast, Daniel created space for an encounter with God. That's exactly it. It's, yeah, creating awareness for Mm -hmm. your go-to regular this is what I do and that's what I do when I fast is like okay Jesus what are some things that I'm really going to for comfort energy 
a little pick-me-up, something to make me feel good, Mm -hmm. can I strip that away and so that my reliance is again put back on you? Yeah, and the religious twist on this can be self-punishment and self-deprivation. And that's gross too. It's not. And actually in um, Isaiah 58... Uh, the people are crying out to God saying, we're fasted, we've been hard on ourselves and you haven't even noticed. Mm -hmm. Right? That whole religious of like, we've been punishing ourselves and God is like, I don't want that. That's not what I want at all. You've been fasting and I'm not interested. And so we're not gaining God's approval or attention, but we are training ourselves to turn to him. Mm -hmm. And there, man, you become super aware day three without sugar or caffeine. You become super aware of how actual fragile you are how weak you are totally yeah it's humbling and guess what when you humble yourself in the sight of the lord he will lift you up and so there becomes this great exchange where as i encounter him in my weakness i become strong Mm -hmm. this has happened to me every time and that happens again there's sort of this long scenario that goes on with daniel and the angel tells him a second time don't be afraid for you are precious to god and he says be encouraged be strong Mm -hmm. and i noticed that in my times of fasting that i receive increased strength from God as I am so aware of my actual need because I'm not super aware of my neediness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People around me might be more aware of it yeah. than I am. <laughs> it's so funny. The other thing that happens in this Daniel fast, he's been praying for 21 days and the angel says to him, don't be afraid, Daniel, since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself. So that's what Daniel was seeking, understanding and to humble himself. Before God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. That just tells me that like, as we fast, Mm -hmm. stuff is going on the spiritual realm that we actually have no clue about. And we tend to not persist. I think I can say that fairly broadly, not just me. But, oh, I prayed, eh, done. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that from the moment I start to pray, something is activated in the spirit realm. But if I don't persist, I actually won't see it through to the breakthrough. Because that's what happened for Daniel. On the 21st day, it wasn't like he gave up fasting that day. That was the day he had the encounter where he realizes that something has happened because one man prayed, one man prayed something significant shifted in a spiritual atmosphere that was affecting a nation. I get super excited about that. I could really go off on a whole big tangent. But I think for today to focus on the fact that when we humble ourselves before God and seek his face, persist in your prayers. Don't stop. Which kind of leads me to my second thing. So Amy, when you're fasting, how do you go about what you're asking God for, what you're looking for? That's a good question. Often it starts with, okay, Jesus, what is something that I've been really seeking comfort from rather than you? And then Mm. that's the item. And then it's like, okay, what is the thing that as I turn to you, it's what I'm kind of holding in my hands as I'm turning to you. And, you know, for different times, it's been different things. Mm -hmm. One year it was, I was going, to some inner healing training Mm. that I was freaked out about and I had no clue, but I wanted God to really move and change me. And so that was one of the things, right? This, this year we, me and my husband were going to a marriage workshop and there were some things that really felt like repetitive strongholds that I just wanted laid clear. Some patterns. Some patterns that as I turned to Jesus in those times when I really wanted to turn to coffee, Turn to Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is way better than coffee. Mm-hmm. It was in my hands of Jesus. You have my permission to unravel the patterns and show where it's landed. Yeah. How yeah. do you decide? Well, usually it's something that matters to me, right? What matters to me matters to God. Yeah. He cares about it. What I've learned to do in my long journey of learning this love-hate relationship with fasting is I have learned to come with expectation but without agenda. Mm. And so usually whatever is kind of going on in my life, 
there's something that's I'm really seeing a need for. So in November, God started to kind of prompt me to stop feeding on a certain comfort food. And I argued with it. I was like, this is just a religious idea. It's totally legitimate for me. And these are good things that God created. And it's fascinating to me how long I argued with Jesus about this. Which would indicate something entirely else. Right. Like now that I should have been talking to you about it at the time, but I was keeping it in my head because the honest truth is, Amy, I didn't want to deprive myself of this. I don't have to. And I really find a lot of comfort in some of my little routines. And as soon as I just said, okay, fine, fine. You know, why would I hold this? as more significant in my life than Jesus. What if this is actually him? So I kind of had a little temper tantrum surrender. I know you're all super impressed with my mature spirituality there. And I said, okay, Jesus, this is yours for now. And I didn't get a time limit. I really want a time limit. I mean, so, right, so easier. It's like for yeah. a month, I can do this. And then I could buckle down on my own strength and will. Yeah. This was a really grittier surrender, which is just fascinating for me to even observe myself in this. Mm. Kind of a really gritty surrender in this. And so I did it. And I was like, really, once I made the decision, it was such a relief. And it's funny to me. I think it took even two weeks before I mentioned it to you. But I was in. I was all in. I had decided. And the thing I noticed quite quickly is the amount of clarity I have hearing from God Hmm. is so much different. And a writing project that I've been working on, honestly, for a year and a half, it's embarrassing, that's been a bit of a struggle. All of a sudden, it just is coming. Like, I am writing and writing and writing when I sit down. And I'm like, wow. I didn't have an agenda of what would come of this obedience, but I did have an expectation mm-hmm. that God had something for me in it. I didn't know I'd recognize it so quickly. Yeah. It's not, you know, hearing God's voice and, mm-hmm. and movement on this writing project is not because of the deprivation. It's Mm-mm. because of the surrender. It's because of the surrender and it's because of the increased intimacy mm. that I have with God. Because instead of turning to my comfort that's legitimately comforting and pleasant right god gave me taste buds and we get endorphins released when we eat like those are biochemical things that god designed that are not evil as i every time come up to that longing and then turn to jesus and i'm communing with him i actually am experiencing the same words that daniel said you are precious to me the angel Mm -hmm. said to him and he's saying god's saying it to me you're precious to me and out of that increased intimacy and connection with the heart of god stuff is flowing that he wanted to give to me and it took a bit of a surrender of something else that was not evil or wrong but a Mm go-to that it's just a gift there is an exchange that happens fasting for listeners okay yes fasting Mm -hmm. is not for freaks i'm on board with this how do we interact with other people in regards to the fast right because there is a passage that talks about when you're fasting don't sit on the corner and look all pale and like sad yeah it's like no like rub your cheeks and like yeah don't make it a big show yeah. what, what does it look like to be <laughs> fasting and show up and be honest with people when maybe they don't mm-hmm. want to hear that yeah So this is funny, Amy, because you referenced this scripture is actually in Matthew 6, and it's right after the Lord's Prayer. Okay. So like lots of people know the Lord's Prayer, right? And they don't realize that the next words are, and when you fast, not Mm. if you fast. Yeah. Jesus is expecting his followers are going to follow his footsteps in this discipline of fasting. And he says, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I just, (laughs) Jesus is funny. I love it. He says, I tell you the truth that the only reward, that is the only reward you'll ever get is people being impressed with you if you carry on like this. But Jesus says, but when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, and then no one will notice that you are fasting except your father who knows what you do in your in private, 
And your father who sees everything will reward you openly. And I love that. And so it's hard, Amy. So when I am doing my Daniel fast, which my baby fast that I can handle, I still cook good meals for my family. I cook the roast beef, you know, yeah. and I carve the roast chicken. And I serve it to them with gratitude, without complaining and making a big show of it. I sit at the table and eat with them. I don't, this is not to punish anybody else because I'm fasting, right? So those kind of things. And I don't talk about it a lot. When I'm going through a fast, obviously my accountability people, I'm sharing with you what I'm what I'm doing right now. But I'm not shouting it from the rooftops. This is what's happening right now. I guess it's on our podcast, but yeah, whatever. Whatever, that's different. I'm not doing it so you'll think I'm awesome. I'm trying to be real and raw and share with you what this looks like. And so we don't do it so that we can impress people. It's really not about that. That's gross. That's religion. Mm -hmm. And we are so not about mm -hmm. that on this podcast. I've had a lot of interesting conversations because everyone who knows me knows I really love coffee. Yeah. So I go places and they're like, coffee, Amy. And then I'm like, no. <laughs> and then I wonder if people have been like, is she pregnant? Yeah. Or something along those so lines. So sometimes people ask and sometimes they don't. Yeah, ask. And I've had a lot of people ask about, well, why aren't you drinking coffee? And at first I found it really tricky to try and explain what I'm doing and why. But now it's actually a cool opportunity to share with people that are followers of Jesus yeah. to share my heart and why I'm doing this. And often people are, are like, oh, I... I've never fasted. I've never thought about it that way. Yeah. So it can be really cool conversations. It can be. Without the, oh, I'm not having coffee. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm fasting because Jesus. Oh. You actually disqualify all the goodness the yeah. minute you do that. I have found sometimes people have been offended by my fasting. I do tend to do the Daniel fast first thing in the year. I want January to be a part set aside for the whole year, right? That I first and foremost have this encounter with God in a year. And so I've turned down some really nice meals. And I hate, honestly try to avoid that conversation. But it has happened and people have been disconcerted by it and acted somewhat offended maybe mm. when I didn't take them up on their offers for a really lovely meal. And I don't like that, Amy. I feel uncomfortable. I don't like making people uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, I just have to accept the fact that my obedience is going to be uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. And for me, I'm like, okay, man, if you show up and just eat my salad, then I get more of the yummy stuff. <laughs> so I think that's a whole other issue there. <laughs> I think before we wrap this up today, I would like to say, man, if you can do a hardcore no food fast, and I can do it for a day. I've done it for three days and I've done it for seven days. Go for it. Man, that's amazing. If you are having sort of your first exposure to the idea that I would want to fast, ask Jesus, what would you like me to fast from? Because some people's beginning steps look like no social media for a week, no TV for a week, or just no sugar, right? Pick anything that is sort of your go-to chill out mode and say, I want to give this to you, Jesus, for three days. And every time I twitch towards desiring that thing, I am instead going to turn my face to you. And I hope I have an encounter with you. And I, I really hope I find out how you feel about me in that time mm -hmm. and discover more of your goodness. So yeah, even right now, Amy, as we're wrapping this up, I just want to say a prayer and a blessing for anybody who's considering fasting. I bless you to truly encounter Jesus, to be free of religion, and obligation and duty, because those things are gross, bless you as you give your yes to God and even taking the risk of exploring this, that you will have an encounter with him, that you will discover something you're longing for. As you go further up and further in. Mm -hmm.